Welcome to Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at that most critical piece, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is Steve. Hey, Daniel. How's it going? Oh, super fantastic. And special guest star from the Side Scheme podcast, Tommy of Titan. How are you tonight? I am just swell. I'm among my peers, the villains. Unfortunately, Mustafa can't be with us tonight, uh, but we're going to try to tune in to him in his secret lair through one of our spy satellites. Let's see. Nope. Wait a minute. Almost got him. There he is. The gods had condemned Sisyphus to ceaselessly rolling a rock to the top of a mountain, whence the stone would fall back of its own weight. They had thought, with some reason, that there is no more dreadful punishment than futile and hopeless labor. But the struggle itself towards the heights is enough to fill a man's heart. One must imagine Sisyphus happy. That is, of course, by one of the best writers and philosophers of the 20th century, Albert Camus. Okay, so we're going to talk to Tommy a little bit about who he is. And uh, so let's dive right into it. Tommy of Titan from where do people find you at? How do we know you? Um, I am the co-host of the Side Scheme podcast. Um, that's a, a podcast ran by my friend Banana Crapshoot. He is the driving force behind that. He does all of the work i show up and talk and i write a couple articles a week um, we have three articles a week monday wednesday friday um, we're on facebook uh, we have a discord channel pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts Is, isn't it great to be the sidekick you know yeah i, was I say you're the daniel i'm more i'm more like a minion okay sidekick has more of a hero connotation to it oh so. yeah you, you know what i mean yeah yeah For the, okay the right hand man if you will that i like that i'm number yeah. two <laughs> yeah, that's my job <laughs> sorry to interrupt keep going Steve. no that's, that's, that's it it's good all right so uh that's a great show i've been on there a couple times it's good I, you guys do a good job you recently had um michael boggs on right well we had we had michael boggs but unfortunately we only had about two-thirds of a podcast that episodes we had some uh recording issues um oh. And since we, we like to shoot from the hip, we uh, we don't take a lot of precautions. And unfortunately, uh, Banana's audio did not record. But um, the interview with Boggs was amazing. And all of his audio is intact. So it, it's still worth a listen, in my opinion. He was extremely great. candid. Anything we asked, he was answering. It was it was great. Real behind-the-scenes look at, at how they design games over there. Yeah, it was good. It was interesting to hear him answer a question that you couldn't hear asked. Yeah, it's like yeah. oh man, little, I have psychic yeah. powers over there. <laughs> <laughs> little fill in the blank, little a little game for you. So, Tommy, what's your what's your background with Marvel and the Marvel Champions card game? With Marvel, I've always been a Marvel fan for for just about as long as I can remember. I mean, whether it was comics or the '90s cartoons or video games or board games or hero clicks or man, whatever. I mean, I've always been a fan of this intellectual property. Uh, the MCU, obviously now a huge fan of, but I'm also a huge gamer and I, I've always enjoyed um, tabletop games 
from the Star Wars CCG and the Pokemon card game at my earliest to all the way through miniatures games, other card games. I have a, a real affinity for for card games, whether it's competitive or cooperative. I, I enjoy both a lot. But uh, the instant that this game was available, I was all 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 in and, and trying to play as much as possible. So one of our common complaints, Tommy, about this game, as you know, is the difficulty that we villains have in achieving victory. What do you what do you make of that in terms of gameplay and all that kind of stuff? Is, do you have house rules or things that you do to ramp up the difficulty for the heroes? Yeah, we have heroic one <laughs> or two, which is brutal sometimes. Okay, so you, you're, you're doing the official thing. We have been lately. I've always been kind of a an official player. I don't know if that's the right term, but I, I don't typically get involved with a lot of uh, homebrew content for the most part. Um, I've dabbled in the past with some things like that, but typically I, I lean toward more official content. But we do have, I think Banana created a, an environment uh, for the side scheme, which is obscenely difficult. I think it adds all of the icons to each side scheme, whether it's the, the crisis or the hazard. <laughs> Um, I think it just gives them all. Every side scheme gets them all. Well, if everything if everything is a crisis, then nothing's a crisis, right? Yeah, I mean, if, that, if that's right, that's one way to look at it, you know. So we have that. I haven't actually played with that. I probably should, um, being seeing as I'm on the podcast, but I haven't. Well, but I think heroic. Uh, I think heroic offers plenty enough challenge, and even the the more difficult scenarios like uh, Ultron and Green Goblin mutagen formula. I think they're they're pretty they're pretty difficult on expert as long as you're not playing like a solo cap stun lock deck. I think they're pretty difficult. So I'm looking at your always say stay scheming environment card that can be found on Hall of Heroes, mm-hmm. and it says each side scheme in play gains a hazard and acceleration icon, even if they already have one. Oh, so I was wrong. It's not the crisis. It's just the okay. others. Just but, the other two. Yeah. And then when the first player's turn begins, if there's not a side scheme in play, discard cards until you get one and put it out. Keepers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bananas, Banana doesn't like fun. So <laughs> yeah, I guess not. That's wow. uh, that's where that went. That's that was that's super fantastic, actually. Uh all right. So tonight, what are we gonna talk about tonight? We're doing a Shadow of the Past episode, and we're going to take a look at the nemesis for Thor. Which mm. is Loki. Super exciting. Yeah. Now Tommy is gonna be our man on the scene here and give us all the info on Loki. So we, uh, we called in an expert. And I- that's right. Why don't you <laughs> dive right into it? All right. Well, Loki, uh Laufey's son, as he's officially known, at least for a time, uh, also referred to as the god of mischief, is best known for being the adopted brother of the Asgardian hero Thor. Thus, the, his inclusion as the nemesis of the Thor hero pack. He was originally created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. Just like many of the Asgardian characters in Marvel Comics, Loki has a strong ties to the Norse mythology, which I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, Daniel, you have uh, some some insight on? I, I know a lot about that's a, a field of mine, yeah. So I, I believe it's pretty closely tied to that. From what I understand, I guess adopted brother of Thor makes sense. He was technically an adopted son of Odin, but you know these are these are miracles. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> Thor didn't <laughs> adopt him as a brother. That's probably not the best wording. Right. Uh, so he, uh, as far as the main Marvel universe is concerned, that's the six one six universe. He's the son of Lalfi, who's the king of Jotunheim and the ruler of, ruler of the Frost Giants. Loki was kind of the runt of his children. He was born much smaller than other Frost, frost Giants, and he was kind of considered an embarrassment to his parents. At one point, Odin 
defeats Lalfi and the Frost Giants in, in a battle, and the Asgardian forces are victorious. Odin then decides to adopt Loki as his son, you know, kind of because he the boy's destined to be a king. In some stories, actually, I believe one specific story, more recent, actually, Loki travels through time kind of to ensure that this battle takes place and that Odin adopts him kind of to like uh, set his own destiny. During Loki's childhood, he grows up uh, resenting Thor due to kind of the Asgardian people favoring Thor over Loki, simply because Thor embodies all their culture and what they admire in people. Thor is kind of an embodiment of that. And Loki's talents are kind of in areas that aren't admired throughout uh, their culture. He's uh, He excels at things like deceit and sorcery. And as Loki matured uh, through adulthood, uh, his pranks become more malicious. His driving motivation is really just revenge and gaining power for the most part, mostly revenge on his brother Thor. But I mean, he he's not above just getting kicks off of you know, doing bad things at any point in time. Right. And it's, and it's revenge on actually no, nothing, there's nothing to actually avenge. Right. I was going to say, what does yeah. Thor do to him, right? Thor doesn't really do anything other than sort of the standard issue kind of belittling that sees from everyone, I guess. But maybe it rankles more from Thor. I don't know. Yeah, um, I think it, it comes from like a place of envy. I mean, in, right. um, yeah. in the Avengers film, there's a quote from Thor and he says, um, you, uh, meets Loki on Earth. He says, you take this world as recompense for or my imagined slights. So he's it's it's all like, you know, it's almost in his head. Like he's, I don't know if he's sensitive or, or he just is extremely envious of Thor for whatever reason. So he uh, he's all about gaining the power and this, this you know, quote unquote revenge. But he's, uh, he's notorious for sh- shape-shifting and creating illusions to manipulate people and situations to scenarios where he can battle his brother in like a weakened state or like trap him in some way or to become the ruler of Asgard in, in some shape or form, typically. I mean, ruler of anything, really. He's not that picky. Um, but mainly Asgard is his is his choice. Over the years, Loki's taken a lot of different forms. At one point, he goes from being an, an adult back to a child. He goes from being a man to a woman, um, whether it's him embodying uh, Sif's body or, or taking over Sif's body, or he actually just transforms into a female. Uh, most of the documentation I looked at has him listed as gender fluid. So he can, he's just kind of whatever the, the writer feels is the appropriate gender for that moment in the story. Yeah, he's the mother of Sleipnir, uh, Odin's eight-legged horse. That, if Wait, you say, say so. Say that, <laughs> yeah. say that again? <laughs> so one of the very first myths in the Norse cycle is the building of Asgard's wall. And Loki sort of um, gets them out of this pickle by turning into a female horse and luring away the workhorse of someone building the wall, Mary Freya. Um, I, I'm really, like, bare-bonesing this. But he, um, yeah, he turns into a female horse lures the giant who's working on the wall's horse away so that that giant loses um, essentially the contract as guardians and comes back a couple days later uh, with an eight-legged horse that he gives to Odin because he had caught by the other horse and they mated and Loki gave birth to Slate, which is Odin's eight-legged horse. I, I want that card in the game now. <laughs> yeah. No, I would say, and he was, you know, mercilessly, mercilessly made fun of for that. Not just turning into a woman, but, you know, giving birth. And that's like an early, it's like the third or fourth story in the whole cycle. And it begins that whole process of his, like, it rankles, man, everything that these Asgardians say and do to him, you know? But keep going, sorry. No worries, that was definitely a worthy tangent. <laughs> so I guess uh, uh, next, I, I kind of listed his powers. He's got a, a wide 
range of powers. Um, so he, he is a frost giant, even though not in stature. So with that comes some enhanced strength and stamina. Uh, he has the ability to shape shift, create illusions or projections. He can fly. He's capable of hypnosis, uh, or at least he's exhibited that in multiple occasions. That's just a list of few. I'm, I'm sure that I'm missing something he did in some story, but that's just a broad scope of uh of some of the things he can do uh after that oh and and on top of that he's also of like the genius level intellect uh for whatever that's worth i mean the intellect range is pretty intense in marvel comics i think black panther is considered a genius intellect and then you have like reed richards who's like you know three levels above that who knows um exactly how smart he is but um in one of the more large in one of the larger um and more recent story arcs uh, that Loki participated in was the Siege story arc where Asgard is actually on Earth and Loki convinces um, Norman Osborn and his cabal to attack Asgard, uh, to conquer it. And at the same time, he also double deals and, and informs Asgard that they're going to be attacked. So he basically plays both sides against each other. And I just thought that that was a great example of this character, sure. you know, to, to really not, ha even though he's playing nice with others for a time, he's always got his own motives and intentions behind the scenes that he's working on. It, it is, if it doesn't benefit him, he's probably not going to be in on it. Um, and at times he teams up with Thor. But again, he's never doing it for Thor. He's doing it for himself um, in some way or will take the first chance he gets to backstab Thor. And even with all these things said, you know, all the, the lack of real um, motive for some of his things, like we said, it was an imagined revenge. It doesn't really stop the Marvel fandom as a whole from really loving this character. He's he's really loved. He's a, an extremely popular villain. He's been featured in two of his own solo series, Loki, Agent of Asgard, and Vote Loki. Vote Loki was, to me, seemed especially strange, but interesting, where he's he's a politician um, on Earth, you know, <laughs> running for office. And, and then uh, even with the casting of Tom Hiddleston more recently, for the MCU, you know, he's he's done a great job by most people's opinion with that character. And I think he's he's brought a lot more love to that character in a mainstream way. Sure. Yeah. Uh, where Loki is a little different than some of the other villains that you covered in this podcast, at least in my opinion, is that I feel like he's a little less relatable on some levels. Not necessarily because like his upbringing makes him relatable in the sense that he's like the outcast. Like you can relate with that. But the fact that he is like a pseudo god, um, the fact that his his motives don't really make a whole lot of sense for most people, not like a Magneto who wants to save, you know, his people. And he's been through World War II. So he has a very jaded approach to the world at that point in his life. Like, I, I feel like that's more relatable than something like, like Loki. Right. He's adopted by the king. He's probably got everything he wants. He's like, got to finish the story. He has all these magical powers and this ability and the, the ladies love him. And, and he's still, he's still, he's still a whiny up. little, yeah, he's still a whiny little stepchild. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to do these ever... evil things to show you that I'm worthy. But yeah. Does the, the Marvel universe take into consideration like um, his children and his responsibility for Ragnarok, kind of his own end in the mythos cycle? Or is it just sort of more like in the, the middle of it all? The Ragnarok thing definitely uh, comes up as his, as his destiny. And then I believe he escapes it at one point. Like it doesn't become his destiny somehow. Oh, okay. But uh, he definitely didn't give birth to any eight-legged horses, if that's the chil children you're talking about. I don't no, recall like, that. His actual children are, you know, Jormungand, the world serpent, and hell down the, the, the beautiful woman who's half beautiful woman and half corpse, um, and Fenrir the wolf. Are also his no in that who are responsible for killing gods and stuff. Definitely not in the movies. They're his, yeah, not in the MCU for sure. That's, that's interesting. That's great. Um, but uh, I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, his, his end is just brutal. Like, they capture him after he's he's responsible for bringing around Ragnarok because he kills, responsible for the death of Baldur, the most beloved god, Norse myths. And so they capture him and they tie him up by the entrails of his his human sons. He has a wife named Sigyn um, as well. Tied up, a snake drips poison on his face for thousands of years or whatever. And... And he finally escapes that and then like heads down to hell. And so like his ending is kind of sympathetic. But yeah, like what you described from the Marvel Universe, it's not a relatable guy, right? Well, this is this is what I gathered from, yeah, no, no, from I, what I read. Yeah. Well, in the movies I've seen too, he does they don't really get into Yeah, I've never I, I've never seen any comic where they referenced his children on that level or that I mean to, to what I as far as I know, he doesn't have an end. Does anybody have a real end in Marvel comics? So no, I don't right, think they've not done in Marvel that. Comics, yeah. <laughs> in, in Ragnarok, he does. But um, yeah. yeah, he in Marvel Comics. Thor said something great about him, which I think sums him up, which is, in a typical Thor way, evil creature, great companion. Yeah. That is a Thor quote. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get to see some of that in the MCU because there's that Loki TV series coming out on Disney Plus, right? Mm-hmm. Very oh, really? Cool. Yeah, it'll be all Loki-focused, so maybe we'll get more bits and pieces of that some of that stuff i mean it's disney we won't see the horse probably but uh <laughs> maybe but some kids and yeah. relationships and things like that when you're familiar like you know like you read the whole norse myth cycle he's the lead character oh really like, without a doubt i mean he's sort of like the both the fan favorite and he makes everything happen everything revolves around him he's involved in more stories than anyone else i mean thor's like yeah everybody's buddy but loki's the driving force of that whole cycle and it's fascinating that those those writers, those thinkers early on realize, you know what? The bad guy's more interesting guy, especially when the good guy's Thor, who's not a particularly complex fella. No. Um, by any stretch. Yeah. So I love Loki. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I would agree. I'm a big fan too, in spite of everything I said. I still find myself fascinated by the character. So Yeah, right? He just draws you. There's something about him. Yeah, you don't have to necessarily sympathize with him to just like him yeah and, and hiddleston's job in the movies is he's so good got the yeah. right kind of cheekbones and smirking face <laughs> uh we have anything else to say about loki here i mean i could riff for about 94 hours but i don't think it's <laughs> really appropriate here but that, that, that's your master class we'll have to take that <laughs> <laughs> all right well why don't we get into the cards then yeah like i'm, I'm excited to talk about the set yeah yeah all right so we're daniel why don't you take the obligation uh, Thor's obligation is Odin's anger, and uh, obviously you give it to the Odinson player. You may flip to alter ego form, choose, exhaust Odinson, remove Odin's anger from the game, or discard Mjolnir from your hand or from play. You are stunned, discard this obligation, and it has two boosts, so it's pretty run-of-the-mill in terms of obligation. Yeah, it has all the, the basic two boosts and the flip and exhaust to get rid of it. That's when you get into that second half where you're discarding Mjolnir and becoming stunned. I don't know. You you can always flip back to Odinson just to pick Mjolnir back up out of your discard pile, right? Yeah, that stun is 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 rough though. Yeah, because Thor's attacking, right? Yeah. That's his his thing. He's doing a lot of a lot of combat. And because of that, how often would you ever see yourself not just doing the first pip? I I would do the first one every time if if I had the option to. Rarely defending with Thor. So I don't think you're going to be exhausted when this comes up and can't pay that price so yeah unless you get hit with like exhaustion from the expert deck sure. or something sure. like that yeah it, it's it suffers from the first cycle obligations where everything everybody's just oh, i'm just gonna flip and exhaust i'm gonna get rid of this mm-hmm. yeah but we're not here to talk about thor let's talk about loki we're somewhere. really not yeah 
Yeah. All right. Um, Loki uh, is a unique minion with two scheme, two attack, four health. He has the trait Asgard, and I believe he's been errated to forced interrupt because the hero should never have a say whether an ability triggers or not on a villain card. Um, and it reads, oh. when Loki would be defeated, <laughs> discard the top card of the encounter deck. If that card is a treachery, heal all damage from Loki instead. And he is Thor's nemesis minion. And he also has three boost icons. So Ooh. I think that's that's like a representation of, of the illusions that he's uh, he's capable of creating. And a pretty, a pretty, pretty sweet uh, way of doing it. Yep, absolutely. Now, if it were true to the stories, his scheme value would be around thirty-seven. But <laughs> um, I guess they can't quite do that for whatever yeah. balance. All right, can we talk about the helmet? <laughs> sure. I hate it. I've hate. I, I've always hated this helmet. Hated in the movies. Hate. I don't understand it. Nowhere in the stories or the cycles does ever like. Would you ever think that this is his helmet or that he would have that? So, what do you guys think of it? Uh I, it's iconic at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that it wasn't in the stories. I figured it looked this weird because it was in the Norse mythology. No, I, no it's, it's a, it's, I think it's a Marvel movies thing. Hmm. I mean, he's been he's been illustrated that way for a long time. So it's it's probably predating all the way back to uh, Stan Lee and and Jack Kirby at this point. Um, right. But I think from a from a physics standpoint, he better have a, a, a some sort of counterbalance on the back of that helmet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And everyone knows Vikings horned helmets, so I don't know. Well, maybe it's not a helmet at all. It's just an illusion. Oh, it's so true. Oh, man. All the good answers. Those are good or, answers. Or it's really a measuring contest with Thor. <laughs> Compensation. <laughs> yeah. That I like. So, well, what do you think of the card in the game? Oh, I Okay, so I, I had a recent... I say recent. I had a gameplay with this, and I think I had to kill Loki like four times because he just kept flipping a treachery. Mm-hmm. It is very frustrating <laughs> sometimes. But it's not like his hit point value makes it hard to kill him, right? Yeah, so, that, that's the trap, though. It's like it's just low enough where you're like, oh, I don't have to commit too many resources to. I'll just yeah to take it a shot at him. He is out of reach of Thor, though, right? Like, because he's Thor's minion. Or unless it, unless you got a combat training, I mean, then you can just swap in, you know, swing in every turn and 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 whack them. Yeah, I, I mean, but Thor with Mjolnir mm-hmm. is still only a free, right? Yep. So Loki's yep. still, so you got to commit something else, whether it's a combat training or some other boost. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, and he's he's annoying for sure. Yeah, I mean, he could stick around, so you might get that scheme, you might get that attack um, because he could stay, and then he could just go. I mean, he could just. Minion heavy quests or scenarios, you're not going to have to worry about flipping too many treacheries. Um, but then when he is dead, three boost icons, that's no joke. Yep. And does he help us win? You know, like that's that's what I care about these nemeses. Do they help us win? Yeah, I'd say I'd say he helps. Okay. Yeah, if he can slow you down like that, the right name of the game is delay the heroes. Mm-hmm. And if you just wasted four attack and he's still, oh, he's not dead yet. Oh, his, his stats are good. Two scheme, two attack is not a minion you want to leave on the table because it doesn't matter what form you're in. He's he's doing some work. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so no. we we're pro Loki as a card as well. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I am. Yeah. Agreed. Fantastic. All right. So let's look at a side scheme. Family Feud, a side scheme, and it has the flavor text: Ever the trickster, Loki can't resist the opportunity to frustrate his brother Thor. Uh, when revealed, place one additional threat here for each Asgard card in play. It has a acceleration icon on it. It starts with only two threat, and it has three boost icon. So before we go any further, pop quiz. Ooh. How, 
we haven't done this in a while. How many Asgard player cards do we have? Eight. Are, are we count like eight unique ones? Is that what it is? Uh, you... You can say unique's fine. Yep. Okay, so like for instance, two God of Thunder in the set counts as one card. Sure. Okay. Oh man, that's a good question. Two, three, four, five. Oh, I'm gonna say I'll say seven. Okay, so Price is Right rules. Daniel wins. We have ten. Ten unique Asgard so cards. So I, we have. I'm wondering. So Loki and Thor themselves. Yeah. Are oh, Asgard wow. cards. Yeah, that's a good point. We have Asgard, two gods of thunder, Hall of Heroes, Heimdall, Yarnborn, Lady Sif, Mjolnir, Thor, Thor's helmet, Valkyrie. And then our encounter cards are Loki. So Loki, the way a Shadow of the Past will come out, Loki will be out before the side be scheme comes side out. Game, right? Yeah. So you could have, there's 11 total player cards. You could have Loki. So you could theoretically have 12 Asgard cards out when this comes up. Well, for sure, you're going to, this will start at four, right? Because Loki and Thor count. Mm -hmm. Yep. And right, Mjolnir's so, probably out. And Mjolnir's, so it's probably five. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a good side scheme. Yeah, it's basically an acceleration token. You may as well just put it off to the side. Because it's not going <laughs> to be right. worth like, as much uh, thwarting as it's going to take to remove that one threat. And even when you get rid of it, it goes back in the deck and it's got a three, three boost icon. It's like, yeah, just not, don't, just, it just doesn't get addressed. Yeah. Leave it out. So we had a... A game we were playing, and I had uh, it was Thor and Captain America, and Captain America had like Yarnborn and Valkyrie, and like was playing with all this aggression stuff. So we not only did we have all the Thor stuff on the table, but we had all those aggression Asgard cards on the table. So this came up and put like eight bonus <laughs> on it. It was like, yeah, we were. I'll forget that one. You know, we're we're, we're not going to clear this thing. So no, I mean, imagine if this had a crisis instead of an acceleration. Oh my gosh, that'd be oh wow! Like, that would be that oh brutal. <laughs> yeah, then you really have to even like even a hazard. Yeah, or yeah, I, I think it got the best token it could. But if you're playing solo Thor, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Because right. he does so, not thwart very well. Not a thwarter. He's not a thinker. You know, like his brother. I love this side scheme. Like it's great. Yeah, it, it's good and it's thematic. I like the you know the yep. picture of the two of them battling it out and stuff. So, all right, well, uh, Dan, you want to do frost giants? Sure. Let's let's move to the frost giant or Jotun here. He's a minion, one scheme and three attack, four hit points. Giant traded toughness, uh, and he has a uh, a little boost. The the villain is attacking, and this attack deals damage to a character. Stun that character. Oof, that's tough. And he also has a boost icon as well. Yeah, so if it it shows up as a boost, you're getting plus one to the attack. And, and probably stunning. Probably stunning. Yeah. Unless, you know, you block with him. Well, you see, yeah, you, you have a minion out there. Sometimes a minion just dies. Right. But three attack, that's no joke for a minion that's in play. You have to deal with it. You're definitely dealing with this before you deal with Loki. Yeah, and he's, but he's got a toughness. Yeah. So just yeah. like Loki, you got to hit him, and then you got to hit him again. Yep. Yeah, these Oof. things are brutal. Yeah, they don't, are tough. they don't go down easy. At least they're not Asgard trade. Yeah. Merely giant. Oh, yeah, because they're Jotunheim, right? Yeah, it makes sense that they would not be. Yeah, and there's two of these in his set. So you've got double frost giants. Yeah. Oh, that's a good card. <laughs> that's re it's a real, it, like, as we're going through it, it's, the set is coming together. It really counters what Thor does. It really, it's just, it's rough. Yeah, because you can, if you stun Thor, that's going to slow him down. Okay, you don't get to hit back, and there's an, there's another Frost Giant out. You got to hit that toughness first, then you got to take off the four. Loki yeah. might have hit a couple times. You can't just get rid of him. Yep, if you block, you get hit with the obligation. If you don't block, you get hit with the Frost Giant. Right. right. Oh, and, and, you know, it's true to the 
source material as well and that like thor was noted for his giant and so this sort of forces him into that you know like right can't ignore him it's, it was his job essentially Go deal with giants. And they often would get the better of him temporarily. All right, what's our last one there, Tommy? So the last card is Trickster. It is a treachery card. It reads, when revealed, discard the top three cards of your deck. Place one threat on the main scheme for each different card type discarded this way. Flavor text on it is, how many times are you going to fall for that? And Loki is obviously the one that said that. It has one boost icon. I, w- I actually think this is the weakest of the uh, of the set, personally. Agree. Agree. Which is, it's kind of, sometimes I feel like the treachery cards are, are the most potent, but in this case, it, it's definitely the, the minions in the side scheme are more potent than this thing. Yeah, you're getting, I mean, it's putting at least one threat out, uh, and it, which you're going to discard at least one yeah. card type, probably maybe two. Um, yeah, I'd say average of two. It's going through a little bit of your deck, so it's getting you to an encounter card a little quicker, and it's also preventing you from playing maybe one or two of those cards that you may have wanted to see. Yeah, I think this card could stand to have Surge on it because it's yeah. kind of minor. It's like uh, Captain Marvel's Treachery has Surge and puts out one threat. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're discarding a couple cards off your deck, so you're going to cycle to an encounter card quicker, but it's not dramatic. And I'd like to see more Treacheries in his own Nemesis deck since he stays alive by them. Right. You know, and so it'd be nice if there was a couple. Like two of these would be sufficient, I think. You know, pitching six cards over to, like, I don't know. Yeah, they, they, all the Nemesis sets are the same, same size. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there had to be one card that wasn't amazing because all the, all other four really good. They're really good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So if uh, we look at the set as a whole, like compared to other Nemesis sets, what, what do we think? I, I think it's up there. It's it's got some good at least frustration level wise. It's got some good stuff. So yeah, if we're if we're Claw, do we want to see Thor coming at us? You know what I mean? Or if we're if we're a villain, like we see Thor at the table, we're like good. Um, or does the fact that you see shadows of the past, you know, in one percent of your games matter? I think it's it's um so in heroic, I think you're you're far more likely to see of, of any level. You're far more likely to see shadows of the past. Right. Um. So that's. That's something you you would want to consider, but I think Thor is really. A, a, I think Thor's actually has potential to be very good, but I think he's very much a role player. He is a a minion controlling, smash the villain's face some turns kind of role player. He doesn't do much else outside of dealing damage. Interesting, um, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess you could play him in Justice. If you play anybody in Justice, they're going to be able to to thwart at some level but sure. you know with his signature set he's he's built to kill minions and to deal damage and survive not really by blocking by just absorbing damage with that helmet and his his naturally large health pool i think thor's a good hero but definitely wants to play with at least one other hero probably two uh at minimum mm. uh to, to be really effective i've had fun playing him yeah but um yeah i, I agree he's gonna bring him to the table because okay my job is to deal with the minions. And then if you get that shadow passed out, you've got some new minions that he's going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it can complicate that a little bit yeah, for sure. Yeah. Although he does have answers to the toughness that we're seeing in the Frost Giants. Yeah. And, but, you know, if, he, if he's got his buddy Heimdall, he might be able to know if it's a good time to kill Loki. Oh, God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't really play with Heimdall. I think he's too expensive. So Yeah, I, I 100% agree. But from a thematic standpoint... I mean, yeah, that's makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, overall, I think it's a good set. It's definitely, I think it's going to help the, the villain out because you're going to have those persistent minions on the table, maybe. And then that acceleration token, a uh, little, little bit of threat gain. So, right on. Yeah. Anything else to say about Loki and his set of cards? 
I like it almost as much as I like Loki. Yeah, I think that the big takeaway is that his helmet is compensated. I think that was my favorite part. <laughs> I think that's right. I think that's totally right. Yeah. All right. Well, where can we find you, Tommy? We'll start there. Where is your secret lair? Our secret lair is uh, Banana Crapshoot's basement, where he keeps me locked up and makes me write <laughs> articles uh, for him um, and then screams down at me and uh, who does number two work for? Because, I mean, you can't have an episode of this show without at least an Austin Powers reference. Maybe not a monologue, but a reference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, no, we can be found, you know, pretty much anywhere if you're connected to the Marvel Champions community. Banana is great at uh, advertising. Uh, so we're on the Facebook. We're on all the Discord channels that we know of, specific to Marvel Champions. Uh, we, Like I said, we write three articles a week. And we're pretty much wherever you can find podcasts if you just search for The Side Scheme. Great. And you can find us. If you'd like to get a hold of us, if you have comments, questions, just want to reach out at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. You can find Critical Encounters on Facebook. We are on Discord as Vardan, Big Foam Loaf, The Truth, and Tommy of Titan. And if you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Tommy, take us out. You seem disappointed, brother. That's good.